some filmmaking from ideas to distribution and everything in between. We focus on you, getting your project in the can, and for the world to see. Thank you for listening to the Austin Action Fest podcast. Now let's get cracking. Welcome to the Austin Action Fest and Market 2021. I am Benjamin Nathaniel Reddick II, a.k.a. The Violence Conductor, and this is my lovely host. I am Danielle Cavanis Weatherford. Yes, the golden child is what the we call The golden child. So we have a very special guest, uh, a, a, a part of the film fam clan, Mr. Airborne, <laughs> Air, ooh, that's a good one, Eric Airborne Bernard. Is that what we're going to call, call you now? I'll take it. You know, I've been called work. <laughs> <laughs> so, go, so go ahead and introduce yourself, Eric. Let her know why you're amazing. Hey, uh, first of all, I mean, I'm always excited to, to support, you know, my uh, colleague Ben and uh, Danielle. Um, and I'm just a filmmaker, a producer inside the, the Georgetown, Austin area. And I'm always looking to collaborate. And, and um, the reason why I'm awesome is because my friends are awesome. You know, Benjamin <laughs> came out and helped me out, my fight coordinator during the snowpocalypse in Texas. And, and we came through with something special. So, you know, I'm here to support him and his platform and hopefully get more filmmakers involved in the mix. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. So briefly, for those who do not know you, Eric, like, tell them a little bit about how you got into film and like what, why, why you're so passionate about it. Well, I've, I've always loved, you know, film. Uh, I grew up working in the video shop and, you know, I've seen thousands of movies. And as I, you know, went on in my life, you know, you really don't see a path forward if you're not really born into that film, that film uh, culture, you know, that film lifestyle. So I, I went out for my first career in the military. And, and after uh, my third tour, you know, I was having trouble with PTSD. And, you know, I started writing as an outlet. And I went back to school. I was stationed in Savannah at the time. I went to SCAD, Savannah. And I had some great teachers, uh, Michael Nolan and David Engelbach, you know, were teachers that helped me refine my skills as a screenwriter. They, they, they produced Mr. Holland's Opus and Over the Top, especially to long the time of his prime. And uh, they really helped me really cultivate that. And I started writing and I realized no one likes to read. So I had to learn how to produce if I want to see anything get made. So I went on to start producing film. And, and you know, I started in reality and uh, was able to, to do both scripted and non-scripted. So which gave me you know, two different ways to kind of, you know, reach out into the industry and can gain some support and gain some uh, gain some assets and some resources to, to help me support my filmmaking, you know, career. Awesome. Awesome. And so what are some things? Well, one, I know you're involved with a couple of different companies. Go ahead and you know, let them know who, you, who you're working with or what you run right now. Well, um, domestically, me, me and my wife, we uh, run Rebel Six Films, which is like our, our, our local company that, that we produce films with uh, for Texas. And um, we also have TLG Motion Pictures. We're based in Seattle. And that's, you know, the, the, the flagship, so to speak. And I run the Austin office out of, uh, you, know, um, you know, Austin, Texas. Fantastic. I don't have any questions yet. You don't have any yet? Okay, cool. So we're going to get into it because uh, this is called, you know, filmmaking, producing during, you know, the pandemic, which is also like the adversity, I guess, is what you really want to call it. So tell us about the the new project, a a brief synopsis of what what you made in, you know, in Texas. And then we're going to talk about the chaos. Okay. um, So... Eight years ago, I wrote a film, uh, Free Dead or Alive, and, and I wanted to do something to help, you know, support female uh, activism and, you know, just the whole goal of, of really building strong female characters. You know, I have a daughter and, and a wife, you know, that I'm, 
I love and I want to see them you know, kind of represented in a courageous journey. So I wrote Free Dead or Alive about a young woman who refuses to settle and she battles against all the elements to, to you know, reach her dreams along the Mexican migrant route. And eight years later, you know, we got momentum, we got, you know, backing on that and, and we went out and, and decided to film it. And the only window we had to film it was um, in February because the, the locations we had would pick up during spring break and we wouldn't have the availability. So we filmed um, starting in, in the January all the way through February. And, um, you know, it was, it was hard, you know, number one, COVID was uh, still running rampant. You know, we were lucky enough to find an isolated location, which we kept some of the, the outside, you know, contact to a minimum. So we were able to create a bubble, but we still ran over a thousand COVID tests, you know, um, during, during that time, which was super expensive. And then while we were filming, we also ran into some, some bad weather. This, this is the, the big wind storms and snowstorms of, uh, of February. 2021, which were pretty much catastrophic for uh, Texas infrastructure. So, you know, we, we were stranded, no power, um, no water in hotels out in Alpine and Terlingua, Texas. And, you know, it was a real, real, real good test to see how bad you wanted to make it so much. So. <laughs> uh, absolutely love it. Um, so it was the pandemic and then on top of the pandemic, like the only snowstorm Texas like ever had in its history yeah, where yeah. grids go down in the middle of, oh, it was so ridiculous. Uh, I'm not going to lie though. Like I love it personally. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I do. Because in the sense that like I love doing 48 hour film festivals. You guys ever do any of those? Uh, too many? <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason I say I love it is because after like the first 12 to 15 hours, you start to see people crack in the veneer, right? So it's a, it's a pressure test, it's a stress test. Like how can you keep it together? Everybody can smile and be happy when you're getting paid doing something, even if it's free for, you know, five to 10 hours. You get to hour 22, you haven't slept, you haven't taken a break. That is when you start to see inner natures revealed. Yeah. So like, I wait to that point, I'm just waiting, I'm like, with 13 hours in the magic's about to happen see i didn't know all that went down and i i didn't know all that went down and so i'm i'm thinking move the movie you know like a typical movie yeah. that has all the different characters and then one of them they just start to crumble mm. so wondering you know who on the cast and crew just they're really one way at the very beginning and then later on you're like oh, oh man i didn't know that was even in you type of thing listen <laughs> and i say all the time um in dating it applies i think relationships relationships are relationships I can be whoever you need me to be for 90 to 120 days, depending on the number of contacts we have per day. I can be Prince Charming all day if we need like 60 days. We get to like 90 and 120 and all the other stuff is going to come out. Like it's just, that's the rule. Well, did that, is that what happened, Eric? Did yeah. you start to see a lot of people's change of personalities, I guess? start to show themselves well I'm, i will say that um <laughs> i was lucky with my actors uh, my, my, my actors were were like troopers they didn't complain once and um i had some some really good good um you know people in the crew too like benjamin right there i, I can tell you a funny story we're filming this big wedding fight scene and the temperature just dropped and it's 32 degrees I have an actress fighting in a wedding dress. I have an actress fighting in a, a t-shirt and a pair of jeans. 
and it's freezing. I'm out there directing. I have, I wasn't prepared for this call. I had everything I, I brought with me on, and um, my mask had stuck to my face because I had so much snot running down during that. That's how cold it was. And I looked over, and Benjamin's out there with a t-shirt on and a vest, walking around like you know. Like he's wearing a triple fat, you know, goose jacket. And I said, I'm like, how are you doing that right now? <laughs> well, I but, mean, um, he was he was working it. I mean, well, yeah, the part of it was that um the act, like I feel like I'm from the world of stunts and fighting, right? So a lot of times we're in the most uncomfortable situation on the set. And so I felt a certain way having the actresses out there. Mind you, shout out to Edie Ganim and Patricia Velasquez. If you, you might know Patricia Velasquez as Anoxia Moon from The Mummy. Uh, shout out to them for being absolute champions. We're going through fight choreography, doing all that, it is, it is freezing cold outside. And I was like, if these two young women are going to get out here and make magic happen, I will, I will shiver with them in solidarity. That is what I will do. So that was my offer to like, look, I'm out here. I'm out here in the trenches with you. You're not out here by yourself. So, you know, I don't have as important a job as the director. He needs to be comfortable and focused. I, can, I got a little bit. So I was like, I can, I can be out there with you. So you got a mission and the objective and everybody, you, you saw he was able to step up to meet that objective. Yes. Yes. And the stuntmen did very well too. I mean, they just had like suits on, so they weren't very well covered. I mean, it was bad. It was, we're in the desert, so there's some wind and it was cold. It was a lot transpiring on that one, but uh, everybody did a fantastic job. So Eric, um, in reference to just dealing with COVID, what can you tell us about some of the, the difficulties with that trying to shoot in Texas? Unless he froze on us. Did he freeze? No, no, I almost did. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, I can tell you a little bit, but like, uh, it's like the second year, you know, I filmed during COVID and I'll tell you that you got to have some protocols in place, you know, uh, you got to take it seriously. It's not something, you know, you can really, you know, hope that you get lucky because, you know, it'll get you. And the one thing we, we've been adamant about is just testing before everyone gets tested before um, they come out set. So we know what's going on. You know, we know if someone's been exposed, we know if someone is a risk. So you got to identify that. And, and they've been like about three or four times in the last two years where we've caught people, you know, they just tested positive and like they, they would have came out and, and, and pretty much exposed themselves to the whole crew. So, you know, we were, we were fortunate to kind of be, be very serious about that. And, you know, when it comes to hotels and stuff like that, you got to create bubbles with your, with your team. You can't let your team go off and, and do their own thing. They have to all kind of be a family. Yeah. One of the things uh, that I found out about staying in hotels, which was interesting, didn't think about it, um, like room service, right? Normally you have people, you know, turn down cleaning things when you step out, etc. I kept coming back to my room going, huh, nothing has moved in here. That trash is still there. What is that about? <laughs> um, but they're not going to come through. So they're following their protocols and it kind of changed the way we had to do things even in the Did hotel. Did you have people because of the freeze and everything like that? Yeah. I mean, they, they still come to work. They still were there. They still have people maybe there. Maybe they got stuck there too. Well, that, that we're going to get to that part too. Yeah. So because of COVID, they weren't checking the rooms as frequently mm -hmm. and they would only come in if you asked them to. Okay. If, you didn't need, if you didn't ask for something, they weren't going to do certain things because they're not trying to get infected either and be off work for two weeks. So I understand. Um, but in reference to the big freeze that happened, 
So Eric, we're in the middle of shooting. How did you, cause I, I was in the meeting. It was very inspirational. I was like, wow, this man is like, <laughs> like he is not folding under this. Cause it's again, right. This is like to me, 40 hour film festival. Here's the pressure. How is he going to react? I'm like, this is my guy. I think he's going to do well. I don't know, but he's a soldier. I think he's going to be good. He's airborne Eric. So let me see. So tell us about how you got through all the days that we had to fix and all this stuff because the actual, we lost power. It wasn't just cold. We didn't have power out there. There's no power in the hotel, et cetera. So how did you, how did you figure that out? How did you get through that? What, he's frozen. See, yeah. see the freeze. Yeah. I know the freeze is still here. I can tell you that um, it was hard. You know, it was the hardest production I've I've ever done. You know, I can tell you that the hands down. I don't think I'll ever have to to work as hard as I did on that one. It was just long days, um, just you know, managing relationships, managing personalities, and that one uh, when the freeze came, you know, it was just the worst. Like crew, some of the crew members wouldn't even look me in the face. They were so angry with me. As if they blame me for it, and and you know, I, I understood like that they had to have someone. They couldn't blame Mother Nature for like this thirty-year you know snowstorm that just came in. So they, they were mad at me about it, and you know, some some of them pulled me aside. They were very very direct with me about their frustration, and you know, me, I'm trying to keep the the wheels the wheels turning on this bus. So I acknowledge that there's some some less desirable conditions that we're operating in, but. I have a whole bunch of people that trusted me with their money, so I can't go back to them and, you know, say that I'm sorry it got too tough. And, and one of the things that, you know, when you worked as an independent filmmaker and you've chased investors, you've chased money for so long, when someone finally trusts you, you, get to, you take that serious, you know? It's not like, you know, treating the same way. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go out here and, and, and jeopardize, like, you know, 10 years worth of savings you know, without a balance, a balance fight. And, you know, that, that that's how I approached it. You know, it was one day at a time and I had to adapt and be agile to make sure that we got the shots. You know, some of the scenes weren't the way I wrote them, you know, but I had to make concessions and compromises that still, you know, the best choices I, I, I had, you know, for that moment, that scene, I had to make them and, and, and figure out how to make the best movie I can. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, that's awesome. So talk a little bit about the, um, you talk about chasing money. Okay. So, and, and business is one of the things we like to focus on here. Like, so you said, you know, when to make sure that these people trusted you with the money. So you took it very seriously. Cause I know some people, they can use a project as a loss leader and they can afford to, you know, this movie may not do business, but it'll allow me to make another move and, you know, get higher up on the, on the, on the tier or whatever. And the next one will be the thing. So is that your approach or is your approach like, no, every time you put money in my hand, we're going to do something profitable. I'm going to, I'm going to make that happen. There is no, like, how do you, how do you see that part? Well, I, I think that um, if you want to be, you know, your patron and invest in you, you, you have to really appreciate that and, and appreciate the moment you, you've been given, you know, the opportunity. And, you know, you, you have to make the most, you have to make the best product you can. I mean, even to the point to where I'm talking to, you know, writers, I wrote the script and I, I have a room of writers that sit together, see what, see what doesn't work. Let's make this better. You know, no ego involved. You know, find people that really want to make the, the best project. And, you know, if you, and if you do that, you know, your probability of making money goes up and your probability of the next film goes up. Yeah. You know, yeah. really, you know, where I've seen people struggle is that people that I've seen get money, 
they go make a film, they they kind of go, you know, if you haven't made a whole bunch of films, you really don't know a lot. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you that. That's the, the God honest truth. And it, you may bring people together with you. And because you haven't done a lot, you're probably going to bring people that haven't done a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you're waiting because you don't have enough money to buy the, the big time, the best person in each position. Like Hollywood films, when you look at a studio film, they still have the same problems we have. But guess what? They got the best position, uh, you know, best persons in that production designer position. They, they're going to solve that problem. They got the best person in that first AD position. They're going to help fix that problem. They got the best person in sound. They're going to help overcome that issue with the echo. So it's like they have all these people that, that help them kind of make a great film. As an independent filmmaker, you don't always have that luxury. You know, you have a crew of people that are like you, hopefully, trying to come up. And they're learning, too. So, you know, you have to really know what you don't know fast and early before you start. And, you know, that's the only way to make the best film, you know, because as an independent filmmaker, you know, your thoughts are stacked against you. No, it makes sense because, like, I know a lot. Every time we've done a production, there's like some cast. This production, like this, us sitting down here, between, well, not between two ferns, so it's between two humans, and then there's a fern. Um, there, there was like a, this was a process. There were some things we had to work out because we've never used filmocracy for, for live events before. So it was, I'm troubleshooting some things on this side. Um, but that happens every single time. So trying to keep your cool with all that is important. And I was always taught like pivot. I just see, it's like basketball to me. I'm trying to get down the court. I'm trying to get closer to that, to that net. Post a dude up. He's trying to stop you from moving too. You pivot, you turn this way, you turn that way. Sometimes you don't get to make direct process. Sometimes it's lateral progress or whatever, but you keep on moving. And so what you're saying is that there's a difference between a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant pivot and shoot the J in your face. And then what I'm going to do out there on the basketball court, like you have the, the higher in your crew is the better capable they are in getting over the adversity and getting around the situation. It's the same problems. It's the same actor doesn't show up like they're supposed to. It's the same lighting issue or sound issue or whatever, but having a, a, a more tight and more, uh, Agile team is the difference between a low-budget indie having problems and a high-dollar, you know, multi-million-dollar movie. Correct? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that um, my my team was decent on this one. You know, um, I had a good DP. You know, he was fast to get set up. So like we were averaging maybe 15 to 19 setups a day. So you know, we, we were flying through there whenever we could. We had some tough scenes where we had delays because of the austere, you know, environment. You know, we had it took us about like 20 minutes to get people out just just from from base camp to to the set, and um, you know, it it, it it was it was tough. You know, so so we, okay, I lost an hour. All right, I have like 45 minutes to shoot this scene. You know, okay, while we're waiting, let's talk about this. I think we set a camera here, 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 and. You know, we get coverage and and then I'll, I'll get you know a few takes here and, and we'll move on you know so you, you really have to start planning like you said those pivots you know okay how do i fix it yep got it yeah yeah oh no no i totally I totally agree you know um a lot of times in previous lives a lot of my one of my philosophies was always slow to hire sometimes and quick to pivot or quick to fire so <laughs> i mean because you don't want to have the mistakes keep going, but if you're in it, you've already got that crew. You've got to be able to pivot so quickly. So you can't necessarily say, I, I may not have you next time, but this time, this is where we are. Got so, it. 
Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. So we're not going to keep you all day, Eric. We're going to get on to one of our, our crowdfunding for independence panel, which I believe is uh, Seed and Spark. But before you go, um, is there anything uh, you you would like to share with you know experienced filmmakers, newbie filmmakers, whatever it is about about being ready or prepared? Or is there anything you think like specific? If you had to, if there was one thing you could advise someone to do right now, one or two things to make sure that they are capable of pivoting and are capable of getting through these difficult times filming. What do you think that is? Like, is it some of pre-production? Is it? Is there anything like a nugget of wisdom? Have a pit bull. Yeah, yeah. Step one, got it. Let me, close, let me close my door. All right. I think um, the, the best advice I would give is like, don't give up um, on your dream and figure out, you know, how to help someone else that may be further along than you are and, and see if they're willing to help you. And, and, you know, that, that, that's probably the best advice I can give is, it's like, you know, because there's a big jump between writing and, and having a plan. And then, you know, you have all these people that, that are in your cipher that you think, you know, are worth this, but you don't know because you never tested them. You know, you, you have to really get out there and fail fast, you know, go out there, shoot something. I mean, nowadays, you know, you can buy a camera for two grand, you know, a movie grade camera. So there's no excuse for you not being able to go out there and, and film something. The only limitation you have really is going to be lighting, you know, your, your story, and then, you know, your ability to kind of bring together some energy for post. But, you know, all that stuff, if you film something really good, you can find post houses that are, that are jump on board with you and kind of, you know, kind of help bring them up, you know, so you can find that. But like, the, the, you know, to get started, that you have to bring is that, that energy, that motivation. I need to tell this story. This is important to me. You know, I'm going to fight whatever I have to do to kind of, you know, beg, still and borrow and, and that's really the, the key. And, and after you do your first one, you'll get better. But you won't you won't get to your second and third one without a first one. You know, so you know, figure out how to get to your first one. Got it. Anything else, Daniel? No, no. Unless anybody in the audience has any questions. Anybody have any questions? Since we have Eric here for a few yeah. more minutes. Y'all good? All right. Awesome. They're stunned by your uh, <laughs> your eloquence and your depth of knowledge, sir. We thank you so much for joining us this year, Eric. And hopefully we'll get you in person next year. We'll see what happens. But we really, really appreciate you. you can let everybody know where they can find you and follow what you're doing right now. Hey, um, I'm My Instagram is easy buckets. You can follow me there. Um, we also have TLG Motion Picks, which we're going to be making announcements. We have a second trailer that's going to be dropping soon. And we have uh, some behind the scenes work, too, that Ben, you're in the behind the scenes, you know, so we're, we're going to be dropping that, too, here in a couple of weeks. So, you know, um, it's be more to follow. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for who joined us for today. Let's clap for Eric. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you. Thank you awesome. all. Yes, and stay tuned because in about 10 minutes, we're going to be running crowdfunding for independence with Seed and Spark. Focus on filmmaking from idea to distribution and everything in between. We focus on you getting your project in the can and for the world to see. Thank you for listening to the Austin Action Fest podcast.